0: Hello and welcome to Engage with Eagle Forum, a podcast to encourage the modern day woman and her vital role in shaping society. I'm one of your hosts, Tabitha Walter, the political director of Eagle Forum, and I'm joined by our executive director, Kirsten Hassler.
1: Hi everyone, today we are talking about an issue that has received a lot of media attention lately, parental rights. Over the last year and a half, many parents were able to see what their children were being taught in school due to lockdowns and virtual learning. Both Republican and Democrat parents from Virginia to California are showing up at their county school board meetings to fight against the extreme ideology that is infiltrating education from the left so what are some of the issues they are fighting against and what should we be doing in our own communities
0: and that's why we brought on lara's work lara is the director of education reform at freedom works she has served in multiple positions on the parent teacher board of her children's schools was elected twice as president of her county's parent teacher association and co-funded florida parents against common core one of the largest parent-led advocacy groups in the state She also served on former Florida Governor Rick Scott's Education Committee as the parent representative before being elected to the Indian River County School Board. Laura still volunteers on various education committees, gives professional tax preparation advice through the Volunteer Income Tax Assistance Program, and advocates for foster children in need of loving homes. If this isn't a testament to what a mom can do, I don't know what is. (laughs) So welcome to the podcast, Laura. Laura
2: thank you ladies thank you for having me it's such an honor
1: (laughs) your story isn't that much different from what a lot of parents are experiencing right now and you wanted your kids to have the best education possible without the influence of politics or ideologies so what specific issues motivated you to get involved
2: well back in about 2013 i start started hearing about the common core state standards and how it was really an experiment and that how it come in through the states, through the Race to the Top grant. Even the legislators didn't have the opportunity to take a look at it and approve it. And as a mom, I had uh, three very young, kindergarten, first, second grade students that were just starting. And I started looking around what the cost would be if I was to pull them out and put them in private. I knew that wasn't gonna be feasible. So as a mom, I started advocating and looking into how could we get eradicate Common Core State Standards from Florida, every legislator I come across said, oh, it's too late, we've already accepted the money, show up to school board meetings. They wouldn't even comment after I, I was there and I spoke for three minutes and, I, and uh, it really was frustrating. And I just felt like my back was against the wall, but yeah, I wanted a quality education for my kids because I know that's the foundation that um, they need to be successful as young adults. And I was frustrated and uh, I had met with three other moms that were feeling the same way across the state and we decided to do something about it. And we did, we we created Florida Parents Against Common Core and uh, we, we, challenged it and that uh, we were able to have significant difference. And keep in mind, I want this to encourage every single mom and dad out there, that we started as four moms challenging a system that said it's too late and we grew our group within a very short time nine months i would say into thousand other parents across the state and we had significant changes and florida was one of the first states to get rid of a lot of the problems with um, common core state standards
0: yeah I, I think that's such an important lesson especially for our listeners i mean for christen and i our full-time job is to push politicians and and people in government to do something different than what they're doing now and so we're, we're constantly doing that but for people who have different full-time jobs or who may be stay-at-home moms and they come to these board meetings and they hit a wall like you did then they just want to give up like you just feel like there's no use in in continuing because it seems so much bigger than what you can do but you actually rallied the troops, and now it's turned into something huge, and and your voice is being heard right now, so I I hope that really encourages our listeners. Um, I I am curious, how has the education system changed since you began over the years?
2: Well, it significantly significantly has changed. Keep in mind, uh, my oldest daughter's 29. My baby's 12, so I've had 24 years of having a child in public education. Um, The emphasis on education has changed. That's where I've seen the change where it's went from really wanting our kids to be successful and giving them the tools and resources and funding those tools and resources into all the social and emotional and all these issues that aren't giving our kids the basics so that they can succeed and we're seeing that across the country our kids can't read on grade level Um, they're leaving high school without even knowing how to figure out a fraction when they walk into the grocery store um, they can't figure out which 25 percent off ten dollars they're not being given the basic skills to go into a normal everyday life as young adults, and so that is really where I've seen the shift. They've just taken away um, teaching them the fundamentals into teaching them all these ideologies and the social emotional stuff that's not, um, that's not why we send our kids to school.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. You mentioned a couple things, so you know, you're not learning basic math, but what are some of the other Big issues that our students are facing right now in schools
2: there are there's a multitude <laughs> and if we want to talk about um, the issues right now around content and curriculum the content um, we've really shifted to embedding critical race theory ideologies into every single subject from English language arts to civics to American US history all the way through um, so we're, we're replacing things that kids should be learning with, with this stuff. We're seeing a lot of anti-American rhetoric um, being infiltrated into our, our subjects. And these kids from K, from very early on, are being subjected to this. And they don't have those foundations unless they're getting in at home that this is not right. It's, it's bogus. I have two 11th graders. Um, My 11th graders challenge this information, but I do also have a granddaughter that's in kindergarten and a grandson in first grade. They don't have that foundation yet. So this is really some issues that these young children are
0: facing is that they're being subjected to this and they don't even realize it. Yeah. Now let's zoom in on that first issue that you talked about, the critical race theory. Um, Now this is one of those issues that have brought both conservatives and liberals together to fight against that we're seeing. It's, it's pretty amazing. Now we keep hearing this name, but a lot of people don't actually know what the curriculum entails. Can you give us an overview of that?
2: Critical race theory is basically an academic discipline that holds the, the United States was founded on uh, white supremacy and oppression and that these forces are the root of our society. Uh, racism is embedded in, according to the critical race theorists, racism is embedded into every aspect of the American society from um, the Constitution to our, uh, our police forces, our education system. And so they feel that, um, that if they're wanting to teach our children that our our. Our country is racist. That oppress and oppress um, oppressors. So our white our white students are the oppressors of our black and brown students. And so this is just um, some key terms that parents really need to look out for because so many school districts across the country deny that they're teaching critical race theory, and that might partially be true they're not calling it critical race theory but there's key terms that they need to be looking for if they're teaching any lessons on whiteness white privilege white fragility oppressor oppressed intersectional uh, systemically racism there's the newest one is spirit murder equity anti-racism collective guilt there's so many names that it's going by but it's at the end of the day it's really about their teaching our kids to um, really dislike each other based on the color of their skin.
1: So obviously when parents push against this they're gonna get pushback from not only teachers, maybe the school district, but also you know just our culture in general. Some are even called racist and that's just not true. How can we combat this narrative as parents?
2: Well, the first thing that we have to do is we have to not be afraid of the conversation. We know that they can't defend uh, what they're teaching. So what's the reaction? They're going to try to shoot the messenger. They're gonna try to really discredit the messenger by name calling. They're gonna call you racist and and all that, but you cannot be afraid to have the conversation and uh, be able to uh, really understand the facts of what it is they changing their minds. I don't think that we're going to be able to change their minds, but what we're going to be able to do is educate parents of what it is and how to be aware of it and how to identify it. And not only should we be Educating our parents of what critical race theory is and these ideologies, we as parents need to be having this conversation with our kids. This is this is what they're teaching. This is what it looks like. This is what mom and dad um, how we see this. And if you see this in the classroom, I as your mom give you the right to get up and walk out of that classroom and call me or or not participate in the lesson. So we have to also not empower our parents, but we have to empower kids to to stand up against this.
0: Yeah, that's good. We had Dr. Carol Swain on our podcast last season, and she had such great information about critical race theory because she's been very outspoken against it. And she's super intelligent, very well-spoken on this issue. And so I encourage our listeners to go back. We'll, we'll link that as well. Um, but that is such a supplement to this episode to, to learn more about critical race theory. Now in a broader sense, how can parents get involved in their areas on not only this issue, but maybe other issues that they're seeing coming down the pike in, in the school system?
2: the first thing that parents really need to do is they need to start getting to these school board meetings and even if they can't attend in person most of these school board meetings are held um, where they're recording them and they'll post them you need to know what this the school districts are approving when they post that agenda you need to be going through there and taking a look at the the attachments what supplemental content are they they approving? What contracts are they approving? Because a lot of times, I'm going to tell you the critical race theory um, issue that we're seeing now is because parents were showing up to school board meetings to speak out against the mask and about school closures. And while sitting there, they saw, uh, they, they were educating on, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? This is what they're approving? And that's how it's really spark the parents to get even further involved. So get your school board meetings, uh, speak out. You have the right to ask for a copy of those contracts, Um, submit a public records request, know what they're putting into the classroom. And another area, if these school board members and these administrators, I call them educrats, we have bureaucrats that's been in education for so long, they don't even know any different. They've lost their common sense. Um, but it's time for parents to get further involved And the way that we do that, just like I did. I'm gonna tell you ladies, I was a nervous wreck the very first time I had to get up and public speak. We have to get over those certain fears and those certain insecurities that thinking, can I do that? These are our kids. We would do anything for our kids. And it's time for us as parents to start running for these school board seats because as parents, we do know what's best for our kids. And we need to have more parents on these school boards that are the voice for other parents and have that common sense. And so we have launched, and I don't I hope you don't mind if I mention it, but we've launched through BEST and Freedom Works a six-week candidate academy where we're training parents from um, the very beginning. First week we teach them about the roles and responsibilities of a school board member. That's good information for anyone. Mm-hmm. Any parent. Uh, what are the roles and responsibilities of our superintendent because so many times our school board members um, they just rubber stamp everything the superintendent does. And so our parents really need to understand the decisions that are being made by that superintendent are being approved by your school board members who's telling you that they have no control of that. And then um, all the way to how to actually win your campaign because we don't wanna only invest those six weeks in offering you these resources. We want you to win this year campaign because we as parents have to. Take back control of our school districts, and the way that we're going to do that is one seat at a time.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so I live in Fairfax County, Virginia, and I mean it's in the news all the time. But <laughs> I I want to encourage people who live in districts like mine, where it's there's a majority of Democrats on the school board, because there are parents in your counties that feel differently about how education should be run. And you never know, they they want someone who will stand up for them. And so maybe you'll win your race, but maybe not. But you've you've left an impact. And there are more parents that feel empowered now because you've stood up. So, you know, you can make a difference even if you feel like you're not going to move an inch in, in an election or in a campaign or anything like that.
2: One thing I I am seeing from parents from both sides is the fact that they don't want politics in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So um, even if you are a conservative running, you have a message with your fellow Democrat uh, parents that they too don't want your politics in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So I think there's uh, areas of opportunity that we can come together and and try to take back these seats as parents.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so what advice do you have for those parents, like Tabitha and I, whose kids are not quite at that school age gap yet, but we still, you know, are concerned about what's happening in our public school systems and how soon or should we be getting involved now is a question.
2: I fully believe that you need to get involved now because not every child learns the same way. Not every mm-hmm. school fits the same uh, way for every child. And I firmly believe that you as a parent will know what school's best for your child and you should not have to be tied to that public school just because that's where you're zoned. So right now is the time that you as a parent can take a stand and really advocate for, um, school choice opportunities in your state, because when that time comes, you'll know what, what school and setting that's going to fit your child best.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, before we close out, Laura, can you, you you already mentioned the Be Best uh, training that you guys have for candidates. Um, what other resources do you have at Works that our parents can really do a deep dive into? Well,
2: our, our website is, parentsknowbest.com and we have put together as um as a parent as a former school board member as a activist i've been able to work with staff and put together a parent empowerment toolkit Mm -hmm. i we walk through how you can write a public records request where there's uh, resources on how if your child's teacher is teaching critical race theory and it's banned in your state how to write an ethics complaint. So we have put together uh, a lot of resources and I think it's very comprehensive on um, how parents can take action and fight against what's happening and really empower the parent. That's what it's all about. Every parent needs to have the confidence and every parent needs to know, just because you send your child to a government public funded school, that does not mean that as soon as that child walks into that building, you as a parent, hand over your rights to the government. And I want to make sure that every parent has the tools to take a stand and be the voice for their children.
1: Mm -hmm. well thank you so much for joining us laura and, and that critical piece of advice there um we will post all of the resources that you've mentioned on our social media throughout the week so please be sure you're following us so you you can get involved in this. If you're listening to our podcast, please remember to subscribe, share with your friends, and consider leaving us a review. You can find us on all the major social media outlets and at engagewitheagleforum.com. From our house to the State House to the White House, this is Engage with Eagle Forum.